Hi, Saji. Hi, Susan. Looks like we're on again. We're on. Hey, just to um, um, for our listeners out there, if you are a phase one preceptor or now LIC one preceptor, then please um, continue to listen. The um, the subject of this podcast is all about uh, session one for LAC one. So if you are um, phase two preceptor or you know not interested in phase one, then um, feel free to not listen to this podcast. But if you'd like to hear our voices, go ahead, continue to, to listen. Yes. <laughs> all right. So. Um, so I know in our season opener, I got a little bit carried away and I said, all right, we're blowing it up and no more, no more LIC1 information. But I, I, I just couldn't resist. Um, my course is starting a little bit earlier than the rest of that LIC2 cohort. And so I'm going to be greedy um, for a little bit of time and use this as a way to communicate with preceptors. So if you're new to listening, hopefully this is worth your time. Um, we try to give you the session objectives, a little bit of information. Um, at times, we'll try to have some guests and um, we'll talk about stuff. Sometimes, Saji and I, we have arguments and uh, we address controversies. And ooh, ooh so <laughs> that's that's what's in store. So, um, Saji, how's it going? It's it's going well. It's going well. Do we need to talk about our disclaimer or? Oh yes. Do you, do you would you like to do the honors or the views and opinions of Dr. Witten and Pillay <laughs> are our own views and does not is not the views of TCU and THSC School of Medicine. Yep. All right. All right. There we go. There we go. So we'll just jump right in. So um, for most people, next week will mark um, the first session. We'll say some words about JPS preceptors in a moment. So um, we thought we'd just go through the four objectives. So there will be four main objectives for students uh, who come to your clinics. Um, and this is what you'll see in Skills Eval. So I just make a plug. I'm going to send a test message to preceptors hopefully soon, maybe tomorrow or Friday. I'll just test out um, Skills Eval to the preceptor group. So if you're listening and Skills Eval sounds foreign to you, like what is she talking about? Also with this corresponding email, I'll have a little video that'll walk you through Skills Eval. And of course, do not hesitate to email me and I can give you the scoop on Skills Eval as well. So we'll just jump right into it. Um, Saji, number one. All right, discuss the many ways to prepare for a safe and productive encounter with the patient with a focus on reviewing local personal protective equipment protocols as well as the patient's history and in the medical record. Yes. So the students, mm -hmm. PPE, you know are you me. Are with it? <laughs> yes, yes, we are every day. Okay. So um, the students, as we've said before, if your system indicated or your practice indicated the student needed PPE, they should be showing up with their surgical masks and eye protection um, to your clinic. And then, of course, you can review your local protocols for doffing and donning. Um, all right. So number two would be the rest of these are all history focused. So um, number two is demonstrate skills related to setting the stage 
eliciting a chief concern, setting an agenda, inquiring about the chief concern, eliciting the patient's story, and understanding the personal and emotional context of patient concerns. So that right there covers all of patient-centered interviewing. Dr. Um, Witten, <laughs> what is setting the agenda? What is the stage? I don't yes. know these words. These yeah, are not you do. how I learned. You do, though. And I, I just want to say, you, you know, you guys are the experts. You do this all the time. You've been doing this for years and years and years. Um, the students are using a textbook called Smith's Patient-Centered Interviewing. And I've um, included some open access resources that will just show you the framework that they have learned and practiced in clinical skills. It is actually a very nice framework. Um, um, I Last year was the first year I was ever exposed to Smith's, and I really enjoyed thinking about um, the history in this way. But, you know, essentially it's like don't be the 18-second doctor, or now I guess it's the 11-second doctor. Like, um, don't, don't interrupt uh, the patient and then jump into interrogating um, regarding a concern right off the bat. But, you know, allow, we're looking for skills that allow the patient to tell their story. So open-ended questioning, um, um, silence, um, things like that. So you, you know it. And yeah, you know it. And there's a cheat sheet. We probably can go ahead and I don't know if we're able to send that to you. It comes off the first page of Smith. Um, yes. So that when the students use these words, um, you'll also be able to kind of understand, okay, yeah, that's what I just did. Um, like, you know, like Susan said, these are all things that you do. Yes. Uh, you just now, Smith, has been able to put it into words. Yes, uh, exactly. <laughs> explicitly tell the student exactly the steps that you are doing on a on a normal basis. Yes. So they. Um, so the, yeah, they uh, they help they they help operationalize something you you do automatically. Um, so in the corresponding email, I do have an open access reference that that walks people through those those five steps of the um, patient centered interviewing. Um, and yep. Exactly. It's it's there. And um, knowing that most people don't have access yet to the UNT Health Science Center Gibson Lewis Library, where um, through access medicine, you can have um, you can have access to that textbook. I included a, an open access PDF, which has all the same same info. So, you know, the other thing we could probably do is mm -hmm. talk to Dr. Ackerman and maybe we can use the same um, rubric so that this the faculty knows like what set the stage all the little components to it oh yes i could um certainly with this email i can send along the um interviewing rubric so um for rubric to me like when i joined the medical school is like what the heck is a rubric so it's just like a grading checklist um so i can definitely include the grading checklist that clinical skills is using for your review all right so next saji Objective oh. number three. Demonstrate skills related to taking a history of pre present illness and further defining the chronology of the cardinal features of patient concerns. So this is the OPPQQRRST, uh, which is all the things that you know, the cardinal yes. features. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a, now this is like the, they call the it the, the, the middle centered. Yes. And, um, uh, clinician centered. So, so where you start asking a, a ton of questions. So I guess the bottom line is um, we're trying to model a way of gathering a history that allows some time for the patient to 
express their concerns, tell their story, and then um, and and then um, um, gives the student a framework for how to transition into the um, the intense questioning that typically follows uh, the the first part. I think part. the 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 key word here is open ended. Yes. You know, starting off with these open ended questions that we all do, but that's what we call them. They're open ended questions so that we're not asking them particularly um, a directed question to start off with. Exactly. Yes. And, and for me, it was last year was a nice reminder. I think if you're in a busy clinic and say, you, you know, you have three patients waiting for you and this person you're seeing is coming in with perhaps a simple URI. I think probably all of us will go to that questioning mode pretty, pretty soon, right? Um, the vitals are normal and the patient looks stable. And, but, um, but this, this in thinking about this way um, helped me to just be a little bit more deliberate about that beginning time, just to allow the, the person, you know, to avoid the doorknob issues. So, um, and, you know, one of the wonderful things about Smith technique is the really being liberal with asking, is there anything else? Instead of being fearful of the patient's list of concerns, really to embrace and accept, get that agenda out there. So that allows you to negotiate um, what you have time for and what you don't. So um, I enjoyed learning or thinking about the Smith's framework, um, even though, you know, I've been doing this a long time. So um, hopefully you guys do too. <laughs> and, and just putting a private practice uh, cap on here um, and also looking at if you have, an if you're employed, right? They're looking at patient satisfaction scores. This is it, right? This is uh, how you um, achieve those. So AIDIT training, we spend thousands of dollars getting some consultant to come in and tell us what to do and how to do things and what we naturally do. But Basically, what they're telling us to do is ask an open-ended question. They're asking us to uh, sit the 30-second rule before we open our mouths and letting yes. them speak or the patient speak before we, we inter interrupt them. Uh, so, so this is basically it. The skills that we are, you know, like again in a time crunch, we're, we're trying to ready to do a, a directed question, but giving that 30 seconds to, to let this patient speak. So. Yes. That's yes. what the students are learning. So kind yeah. of what you're, like I said, you're already doing. Yes. And I, I also like um, in, in thinking about patient experience, patient satisfaction, I, um, a, a little tip is when you summarize, as you move on to your, um, your questioning, you're kind of refining those concerns with OPQRST. Um, I like the... You're, you're actually telling the patient what I, when I'm hearing, or I, as I'm listening to you, this is what I hear you're most concerned about. Um, that's something probably I didn't deliberately do um, un uh, until uh, JPS started like uh, posting patient satisfaction, patient experience scores. And um, so, you know, we all think that we're listening, we're listening attentively. You know, we're also managing like data, data, um, data entry into the EMR, we're, we're sort of absorbing the all the information from the EMR, we're trying to listen to the patient. So, um, so a, a tip there, I liked that um, one of the things Smith recommends is in that summarizing, 
that you kind of tell them that you're hearing them, tell them that you're, what you've listened to um, kind of reinforces. Um, so when someone asks them, you know, did the provider listen? <laughs> Sometimes it can be more obvious, just like feedback, you know, I'm giving you feedback, you know, um, so you have to be more deliberate in communicating those things. So um, just, yeah. This might also be an opportunity. Um, I know last year's class, um, you know, they went through this training process, right? Clinical skills. They had opportunity to be with you. They're able to see also and comment on things. And sometimes we learn, yes. we all learn and to be open-ended ourselves, right? And if they suggest, hey, you know, I don't think they completely understood that and for us to reflect ourselves, right? So this really is a both-ended opportunity oh, for us to grow. Um, and so that sometimes helps us to remember, oh yeah, you know, I am in a bit of a rush today. You bet, you bet. <laughs> let, me, let me just sit for that uh, a little extra time because I, I really do see that, you know, question mark on their face mm -hmm. and I need to answer it. Hey, and plus I have a student with me mm -hmm. who's learning everything I'm doing. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think we all, we rise to the occasion when we're observed. We do. You know, of course. So, yeah. Um, and then, okay. So the final objective, um, is it me or you? I don't know. It's you. Okay. Demonstrate skills related to gathering past medical history, family history, social history, and review of systems. So if you're a returning preceptor, you're like, whoa, um, last year we had like five sessions to get through all of the gathering history. And so for this session, it is it is this session. But have no fear, of course, we'll be revisiting the history over and over and over again. So if you don't get to all of these things, no sweat. Um, and this year the student is self-assessing in skills eval as well. So they can also um, give you feedback. I'm not, I'm not totally comfortable with that aspect. Let's revisit it. And and so you'll be able to track like the objectives that you got to and those that you didn't. And, you know, we'll be asking kind of same question different ways over and over again throughout this course. So this is primarily in applying or applying the skills that they're learning in clinical skills. So have no fear. You can always pick it up later. And the good news this year is that they actually reached all of this by the time they see you the first time. So yes. you don't have like, oh gosh, they only know this much. No, they know all of this. Yes. So they know history taking. Um, so that's a huge advantage for this year. Exactly. I think last year was a lot of trepidation, like, well, you know, this does, what does this person know? So, okay. So this year they, you can feel confident that they've done quite a bit of interviewing in clinical skills. Up until vital signs. Yes. When does that happen, Saji? When are they doing that? Oh, that's that's coming up next week. Next week. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so next week, as they are coming to your clinic, they'll also be in clinical skills, you know, for the first time, thinking about um, the general appearance of the patient, you know, starting that objective data gathering and organizing in their mind what is subjective information, what is objective information to include vital. So, so just so you know, next week's session with you, you know, we're not focusing on them taking a blood pressure or temperature or things like that. But, but in um, subsequent sessions, you betcha. All yeah, right. make sure they get those cardinal symptoms. I mean, they should know all of them. Yeah. So if it looks like it's not enough, make, challenge them. Challenge them to do better. Yes, yes. 
So now a word about GPS. So this is, um, so far there are 19 GPS preceptors. So there are 19 GPS students um, um, in the course. So, you know, unfortunately GPS did not allow our students to come to the clinic. And so we don't want to penalize like the entire group and say, okay, we're not going to start in October because the majority of preceptors are ready to go. Um, but we also don't want to penalize, you know, people and saying you got to make it up or do two sessions in November. So we have decided to march ahead. So the objectives for this session for all is remains the same. But for uh, JPS, your, your student will not come to your clinic on the day that's in your schedule because um, we have assigned to them, we've tasked them to contact you no later than the end of the week, 16 October, to coordinate a virtual meeting via likely Zoom um, that should happen before 30 October. So giving you a lot of leeway to schedule this virtual meeting, um, the student cannot be involved in any patient care. So no virtual, they cannot be involved in a telecare visit, things like that. But you know, we do think you'd, you'll be able to at least meet, exchange information about yourselves, and you can orient the student um, up to their clinic. Um, you can also, if, if you want to, you could kind of role play. You could be a patient, they could, interview you just to kind of see where they're at with that gathering a history um, if, if time permits if you don't get to those history gathering objectives no problem you'll have time you know we're counting on time um, barring a a uh, and I don't even want to think about it, but barring the fluvid <laughs> catastrophe um, but we'll, <laughs> we'll cross that bridge when we get to it um, but anyway we're, we're we're counting on we're betting on time together um, so uh, How about a GoPro? Can they put a GoPro on their head <laughs> and go to clinic? Wouldn't that be great? Um, okay, so JPS preceptors, look out for an email from you. We really want to put this um, this uh, task in the hands of the student. It's a kind of a professionalism thing. They should then reach out to you to coordinate a time that works for both to have a virtual meeting. All right, how are we doing on time, Saji? I know. <laughs> Oh, great. Okay, so now um, uh, we'll just talk briefly about pre-work. So students, if you're a new preceptor, students have about an hour of pre-work before every time they show up with you. So yeah, as you can guess, this this uh, week's pre-work centers around all that Smith stuff. And I've um, given you that um, optional stuff to check out. Um, also, uh, because we recognize or be, you know, some telemed experience and Saji is a telemed expert. One of the things that in the student pre-work is this um, video from Stanford called how to administer a virtual physical exam. And I was just lamenting to Saji, you know, um, it is, you know, for whatever reason, I think my experience with video visits has been pretty limited. I think mostly I'm doing phone telecare. I joke, it's like phone triage. Um, but, uh, but hopefully um, some things are changing at JPS and I'm hopeful that we're going to be um, increasing our video um, experience in telecare. So I wanted to ask Sajik, so when I think about a physician-directed physical exam, one, you know, I do think it's kind of the stuff of an SNL skit, you know, like there, things could get, I don't know, kind of in unskilled, I don't know. So I'm, I'm coming from this place of novice, a little bit sort of wary about it. So what are some tips you could give to an anxious novice provider who's now going to have more video access? Um, you know, so maybe I'm a little prone to abandoning a telecare visit and just telling the patient mm -hmm. to come in. What are some things um, or some tips that you can give to us to not do that? 
Well, I don't think anyone's novice anymore. I think everyone's been doing telecare for some time, right? Uh, I think we're all forced into telecare. So I, I don't want you to underestimate what you have already been doing. Um, I, I think it's already been a lot of information that you probably researched and looked into. Really, probably nothing I'm going to tell you is something that you're not already practicing. Uh, but if you're using uh, the video visit, right, which is a great way to really see the patient, um, a lot of our uh, clinical like feelings of, of what's going on with the patient is they're just how do they look, right? So I think it's really going back to our pearls and our wisdom of just years of practice and knowing that how a patient looks really matters, right? And so even if they're on the phone, you can say, oh, that's a weak voice. That's not their usual voice. Uh, but I think seeing them makes a big difference. Understanding what are all the things you can do looking at a, a person, right? Um, there are conjunctivitis, uh, there's lymph nodes. You can ask them to mimic you. I think if you're face-to-face -to, -face to them and you have your hands up and you're like, hey, I want you to touch right under your jawline and on your neck on the sides, just like I am, patients can mimic you in a heartbeat. Now, if you say, I want you to take the, the you know, like the you know, bowler aspect of your fingertips and put it on your, you know, like, like, what are, what, what? Yeah, we're, you know, we don't use medical jargon anyway, right, when we're talking to our patients. So don't use it here in telecare. <laughs> it will be not translated well. Um, and so I think that was the, the key is that well, there are a lot of things that we can figure out. If they come in with, you know, shoulder pain or like wrist pain, we can ask them to do range of motion. We can ask them to, okay, just put your hand on top of your arm and just can you raise it against resistance? There's so much Bell's palsy. You know, you're going to be able to look at it, close your eyes really tight, you know, puff out your cheeks. Cranial nerve exam is actually quite easy uh, to do this way. Um, I mean, I'm not trying to diagnose a stroke or anything, but, uh, but, but you can definitely see a lot of things. Looking in the back of your throat, you know, our, everyone has a smartphone. There's a way that they can even go and take a picture of it and share it with you. The other thing is just to have them open their mouths and shine a light into it. A lot of people actually have very good you know, focus and they're able to, to do that for you. So, uh, rashes, rashes are real easy and simple to look at. There's a lot of poison ivy going around. Um, and, uh, if it is gastroenteritis, uh, I think you can also just say, open your mouth, see how dry are they? You know, a lot of people also have blood pressure machines in their own home, especially if they're hypertensive. Uh, so you can always ask them to check their blood pressure. While you're sitting there waiting, you can see what their heart rate is. You can see what their blood pressure is. So smart watches have pulses, you know, uh, and you can just go on there and say, okay, there, what's your range? What was it this morning when you woke up? What was it yesterday? Um, so there's, a, there's really a lot of stuff that we can utilize. Um, again, as clinicians who are seasoned and practicing, as you all are, uh, it's easy to use your context clues. It's like blues clues, you know, <laughs> use them. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you, you, you can really figure out what's going on with the patient. And I think you'll be satisfied with it. Um, are we physically touching them? No. Um, but then, you know, if it requires that physical touch, we need to listen to their lungs. We need them to do that belly exam. Yeah, bring them in. 
you know, we need to really see how, if they have, you know, some neuro symptoms that we're worried about. Um, yes. You know, just, just go ahead and bring them in. Don't hesitate on that. Cool. Use your, your judgment. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you, Saji. I think that helps. So I'm going to try to resolve to not abandon the telecare visit um, and try some of these physician-directed physical exam moves. So that that's what I'm going to try to do a little more of um, as we move forward in this experience. So, okay, well, we've been talking now together for, it, time always flies, of course, so about uh, 23 minutes, we want to um, keep these things digestible and short. So um, thank you so much, everyone. Um, this has been such an uncertain time. And I know um, I'm very grateful that you um, have hung in there with us and that um, you're here for the journey. And um, please don't hesitate to contact me if you have any questions or concerns. In terms of rescheduling, we're trying to put that back in your um, your arena, you know, between the student and the preceptor, and then just kind of informing us through mdclerkship at tcu.edu when those reschedules have happened. So that helps a ton. All right, Saji, anything else? All right. No, no. Okay. Susan. Okay. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> and uh, yeah. meeting your student. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All righty. All right. Bye. Bye.